On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. Uh, we have the Chief Executive of Threshold, John Mark McCafferty, with us on the line. Uh, John Mark, thanks for joining us this lunchtime. Um, I did originally want to talk to you about some of the comments uh, last week by the chair of the RTB about how institutional landlords might be, inverted commas, the best landlords. Uh, but actually, now that it's kind of been overtaken by some developing news in the last 24 hours, because it now seems as if the government is likely to pursue some kind of ban on evictions over the winter months. Your thoughts on that? Sure. I mean, um, look, there's there's two sides to this. And... Um, an eviction ban is something that you shouldn't go into lightly. Um, and we are seeing landlords leaving the market. We are seeing in threshold because we advise and, and, and we assist um, private renters across the country. Um, they're facing um, a lot of evictions. Um, and that's partly due to um, landlords selling up and kind of leaving the market wholesale. Now, um, one aspect of that is that it's a very dire situation uh, in, in that you've got families and individuals who are seeing the end of their tenancies. Now, they, they, they have notice periods with which to try and find other accommodation. But the reality is there is low or no um, accommodation out there in terms of alternative housing in the private rented sector. There simply aren't the houses. And, mm. you know, when we were working on these issues, say, four or five years ago, and there were tenancy terminations, um, as there as there have been um, on an ongoing basis, at least people had more options. Um, there were other private rented houses, apartments on the market. Now, there's there's very, very little or, or none in a lot of housing areas. And um, even the local authorities um, that may have had emergency accommodation to absorb the families and the individuals, um, you know, to house them on a temporary basis, they are maxed out. And um, so you have a very, very dire situation facing um, individuals and facing families. Um, you know, the prospect is couch surfing, sofa surfing, you know, falling on the mercy of family and friends to, to house them on a temporary basis. Is, is that to um, say, John Mark, situation. that even if you were to introduce an, a ban on, on new notices to quit being served right now, that you're already looking into a winter where people have already been served their notice, that notice is going to have to be served and that, that whole thing come to fruition and that they're just going to have nowhere to go anyway, irrespective of anything the government does now? I suppose my point there is, there's there's already um, a good you know a, a share of the population who are who have been evicted or or you know there's imminent eviction so there's there's a lot of kind of um, trauma there's a lot of uh, uh, suffering there in, in relation to kind of families and individuals I suppose that's why government is um, considering a moratorium now because there's such a drastic and dire situation facing um, a share of people in the private rented sector that um, one of the options on the table is some kind of moratorium. Um, I suppose the flip side of that is, you know, in the longer term, um, where you, where we have, where we're moving in and out of these kind of uh, eviction bans, um, that may have a longer term impact on kind of the smaller landlords who's deciding whether or not they remain in a market which is subject to, to these bans. Mm. So I suppose what we're saying is we're reluctantly um, saying that on balance, given the dire situation right now, that the, an eviction ban, a limited eviction ban, both time bound in terms of circumstances, is probably on balance the least worst option. Well, the, the least worst option is one way to put it rather than it being a sort of a, a positive in its own right. Um, uh, do I take it then that you have some sympathy for the argument that the government had put forward, which is that 
even a time limited measure could end up only storing up worse problems for the end of it that you couldn't do this indefinitely so that you might actually make the problems of next year slightly worse because I know that some people in government argue that some of the reason why we're facing such a wave of um, notices to quit and evictions right now is because so many were stored up during COVID that couldn't have been processed at the time that now we're having it all snowball at once and they would they would fear that doing the same thing again could just result in the same problems being bottled up for early next year yeah it's a really delicate balance in uh, landlord tenant law also there's you know all the various aspects of it are, are, are very finely balanced um and and you know you do one thing and it has a, a negative effect you know it can have a negative effect in the in the short medium and, and long term so yes we're, we're kind of reluctantly saying a moratorium is unbalanced probably the, the least worst thing to do because um, I think that is partly what's playing out here. You're, you're seeing um, a release of, of um, energy from um, the, the, the moratoria from during the pandemic. Um, now, uh, landlords, smaller landlords are, are, are looking at their options. Obviously, they're seeing a much better kind of value in, uh, in terms of selling than they would have done, say, you know, five or six years ago. Mm. Um, and so they're looking at those options. They, they have a right to sell their property, but um, like all of these things in landlord-tenant relationships, really delicate. It's a landlord's property, but it's a family's home and it's an individual's home. And and where a landlord decides to to end that tenancy, um, you have a, a family that is effectively out of home. And unless they can find an alternative um, solution in terms of an apartment or a house elsewhere in the private rented sector, um, because we're you know we we still don't have anywhere near sufficient supplies of say social housing or or you know then um we have we have a real problem um and we we often in threshold we're assisting people we're advising people um across the private rented sector in Ireland um and and we're seeing every day um the the stress and the pressure and the trauma that mm. tenancy terminations have. On, uh, on families and individuals. Just by the by, I, I presume that any new legislation the government might introduce, even for a time-limited period, can't prevent the right of somebody who owns a property from using that property for their own needs. So even if there were to be a moratorium on evictions, if it's the case that a lot of smaller landlords are selling up and getting out of the market, you can't prevent the new owner from property deciding to use that as they see fit. And therefore, you'd still have quite a few people getting evicted over this winter period anyway. It depends what is covered by the the eviction uh, ban, and it depends on what grounds um, an eviction ban would hold. You you may have a situation where um, the way it's designed, the eviction ban may still hold, even if um, the landlord intends to use it for their own use or a family member's use. I mean, the eviction ban would have to have certain um, grounds kind of disqualified for the purposes and the, and the duration of that ban mm. but that really depends on the design of it and I think that will be subject to to discussion and, and, and further sure. thought because I mean this this is a grey area you know mm. it's a really delicate balance and, and, and it's a really difficult call in terms of you know what, what's covered under the sure. ban and what isn't. Uh, before I let you go I do need to ask you about the matter that I'd originally proposed to talk to you about which was those comments by the chair of the RTB that institutional landlords can sometimes be the best landlords his premise being that they've some Sometimes they've got the least reason to want to kick you out because as long as you're paying the rent, they'll happily keep you there. And his contention that sometimes it is effectively worth paying slightly above the odds or slightly higher rent to guarantee that security of tenure. 
Yeah, so um, Tom, Don, Tom Don, who's the chair of the Residential Tenancies Board, was speaking at a, a launch of a piece of research that we conducted alongside the Citizens Information Board, which looked at those very vulnerabilities uh, facing um, people and, and families in, in the private rented sector. And he made that point. And, you know, uh, there is, Tom is factually correct in the sense that um, institutional landlords are are far less likely or are just are not going to um end the tenancy on the basis of of um, a family move, member moving in because these are big institutions so mm. they, they wouldn't be um evicting people on that basis and um, even the uh, uh renovation um issue generally they're building they're buying new build you know build to rent blocks and they'll be yeah. um so, so they don't know, need to get, they don't need to kick you out yeah. to do upkeep yeah exactly yeah and, and and they won't be selling them because they're in they're generally well they, they generally won't be selling them because we as we understand they're in for the long haul however um those who are in uh, those institutional kind of buy to lets they are at the higher end of the market um so that the rents are higher and generally speaking, in terms of the people that we're assisting, I mean, we assist renters across the board. But generally speaking, we're, we're you know, the issues are at the the middle and the lower end of the market. Um, so those those clients mm. um, aren't able to afford, you know, access to um, institutional uh, landlords. Yeah. So it's not an option that's open to them. I'm, I'm tight for time, but do you have some concern that um, comments like that, even if there is an element of truth to it, that it might sound like it's endorsing the idea of having to pay more for security of tenure or that it sounds like the man responsible for ensuring tenancy rights reckons that you can buy better security by paying more money? I think, you know, most people will accept that... Um, Rents are already very, very high, and that all, even within kind of the uh, the rent, the private rented sector with the, the smaller landlords, um, people are still paying a premium for what can often be, you know, a, a place that's not necessarily very well maintained. Some places are really well maintained, but mm. um, the issue that you know you can you can shop around is of limited validity in in such a a stressed and, and dysfunctional yeah. market right now. Okay. Uh, we'll leave it there. Thanks very much for joining us this lunchtime on The Record. That's John Mark McCafferty, who's the Chief Executive of Threshold. Uh, one texter to 53106 says, I can't understand why houses made out of shipping containers aren't being used. They've been shown to be lovely, stylish, warm homes. They're even winning awards. Snobbery, says that texter. Um, you'll be seeing an awful lot more about shipping containers if you're going to be watching the World Cup in Qatar next month. One of the stadia has been made entirely out of shipping containers and it's going to be dismantled at the end of the tournament one to watch out for On the Record with Gavin Riley Sunday morning at 11 Brought to you by PwC Great minds think unalike Different skill sets diverse opinions it all adds up to the new equation On News Talk